All right, all right, Faith Promise, how are we doing this weekend? Come on, somebody, give God some praise. What an incredible worship, man, that was off the chain. You know, when I was younger, man, I, it just didn't matter the heat or the cold. When I traveled, none of that mattered. As I've gotten older, comfort, are you with me? Comfort has become a little bit more air conditioning, hot shower. Man, we just put new uh, tankless hot water heaters in. You can stay all day. It is off the, I mean, you can come out withered like a, man, I don't know, it's awesome. But now, so in the summer, a lot of us are traveling. Now, some of you are old enough to remember 9-11, the horrible event that happened, but the travel after 9-11, if you were a businessman or woman or you traveled, first off, the skies were shut down for a few days. And when they opened the skies back up and the planes began to fly again, the, it was difficult to fly because the lines at this new security thing called TSA were forever. Are you, they were hours. I remember the first time I went through Atlanta, it was a three-hour line. I was mad. I don't like lines. I mean, the fruit of the spirit, patience. I'm still working. I'm a little low on that. Are you with me? Just a lot low. And by the time I got up, I was mad. And there was a very large woman, and she was very unhappy and, you know, I'm sort of dark-skinned, got a beard, so they thought Middle Eastern terrorists, so I get taken out of line. And I said, listen, man, I'm a homebred American, and I'm going to miss my flight. And if you don't, and she looked at me, and I, I knew her next words were going to be cavity search. Shut up, Chris, because that was going to be unpleasant. For a year, every time I or Michelle and I went somewhere, I got stopped. So it was very uncomfortable. Does that make sense? So let me ask you a question. Have you grown too comfortable at church? See, we want comfort, right? God, would you open our eyes and minds, even in that worship, that our, that our hearts would be in a posture as expectation of belief and faith, that at every campus, every man, every woman, every boy and girl, every student, would experience the word of God in a fresh new way. And God, we'd be ready to obey. So Lord, move in powers our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. welcome to Faith Promise, all of our campuses. God behind bars, man, both you campuses, all of our campuses, we're thrilled to have you. And we're gonna, as we begin summer, we're gonna take a few week journey together not to a place, but we're gonna examine a people. One of the biggest misunderstandings in the Western world today is all about the church. Because we translated the Greek word gathering, we translated church, and then we named building churches. We think God is building buildings, and God went 400 years in the New Testament, no buildings. Are you with me? Not a steeple, not a bell tower, not an organ, not a pew, wasn't even invented yet. And the church thrived, no buildings. But see, when we think the church is a place and not a people, it doesn't matter where we show up or not. When we realize we are the church, then it matters that we're there. Does that make sense? Now, what we've done, and many of you are like me, now today, because we've got more money, more options, we like control. Is, is that true? 
And so in that control and of, of things and how we want things, how we want to receive things, at the, at the top of that is comfort. Are you with me? Comfort is up there. That's why man, we want Delta Comfort or whatever airline you fly. We want, you know, if you get, want to get bumped up to first class because there's more leg room, are you with me? We want free wireless and we want good snacks because they don't feed us anymore. Come on. And so we, we want convenient arrival and departure times. Actually, it'd be nice if no one is sitting next to me. See, when I'm on a plane or a movie theater, I don't want anybody sitting next to me, but at church, I want every seat filled. So that's a little unfair. I got it. Okay, I got it. I have a problem. I'm, I'm with that. But I, you know, and, and because it, when many of us are considering a church where we're going to attend, these are the things that we look at. Is the kids' ministry? Is the student ministry? Is the adult ministry any good? Is the music any good? Is the coffee good? Do I get to sit where I want to sit? Is the preaching any good? We're about to find out here in just a minute, okay? So if if you've got your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 10 or on your screens to Hebrews chapter 10. If you're new, visiting, don't worry, we'll have all all the scripture up on the screens for you, but we challenge our folks to carry their Bibles. So... Uh, it, it, so you can follow along. By the way, again, guests, we're as thrilled you're with us at every campus. Now, to be clear, Faith Promise has incredible kids' ministries. Matter of fact, there are almost 700 boys and girls signed up for Summer Jam this week. It is incredible. Almost double last year because the camp had a limit of 400, and we're just about to 700. Pray this week that God moves, kids are saved, kids are called, that it's incredible. Are you with me? Movement, again, will be record. Our student ministries, our kids' ministries are off the chart. We've got incredible musicians and songwriters, some of the songs that we sing every weekend. We wrote, we create albums. And and frankly, you may not know, but it's world-class preaching. I'm not sure you realize that. So I thought I would share that with you. But if the reason that you come to Faith Promise are the things that I just listed, that's why you're here, then we failed you. We've let you down. We've, we've, we've dropped the ball. If the only reason that you and your family connect at Faith Promise is because it's, it's comfortable, then accept my apology. Because see, the church is not a place, but a people who are provoking each other. Provoking. We are to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Are you with me? That's what God, I'm going to show you this. That is the Bible. So what we need to realize is, is, is gathering for God is vital in every aspect of your Christian walk. When you come here, how you live your life, man, everything ought to be different. So, so think about So let me ask you again, are you comfortable at church? Look what God says in the book of Hebrews. Now, it's debatable by the theologians who actually pen this, but we know the author. The author is the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, all scripture is inspired, is breathed by God, and is profitable for training, for correction, for reproof, that the man of God may be prepared, the woman of God, for every, every deed. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and to good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. 
Sometimes we get in a rut and we just go to church and we just go through the motions. Like you're running in place, you're on a treadmill, you're just sort of doing laps around a track. Say, well, what's the big deal, pastor? Man, I just want to come every now and then, get my tank filled up and then move, get back out there on the highway of life. Well, we know that the Bible is clear and every study is clear that if you're not connected within the body, it's going to deeply affect your ability to grow. And so, and so the studies show that depending on how provoked you are by the believers in a, in a gathering is to how well you're going to stay. 15% of practicing Christians in America attend once a month. Once a month. Does that sound provoked to you? Does that sound engaged to you? Or maybe that sounds comfortable. So our, our title of this series is Come Here Often. Yeah, you heard that before the bar a long time ago. Come here often. Man, that'd be a great thing. Just ask somebody sits next to you, you don't know them. Sort of, hey, come here often. No, I'm new. Well, let me tell you about next steps. Amen? Come on, if you'd invite them, it'd be more important than me inviting them. So it's just, some of you heard the old story, kid, you know, family visits the church and the, the, the preacher's walking them through and they go down a long hall and there are pictures of the great men of God on the wall. Have you, y'all seen those for the last hundred years? And the, the, the preacher looked at the boy and said, son, these are the men of God who died in the service of the Lord. The little boy began to shake and he said, was that the 10 or the 1130 service, sir? See, we need to be connected. So who's challenging you? Is it, is it the people you're on a serving team with or your small group student is your group leader? Who is it that you, is provoking you? Because listen, if you're listening to him, the enemy of heaven wants nothing more than the church to be a comfortable country club where we come in with fake smiles, tell fake stories, and go back out and live our lives and not change every time we come here. Does that make sense? That's what he wants. So we go back to real people with real problems and we don't make an impact because we come and we go and we're never provoked enough to be changed. You need to leave different every time we gather for God. So what's the writer of Hebrews say? He says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope that Jesus is Lord, the confession of our salvation for without wavering, Man, I was reading this passage over and over, and I just got the image of a ship that is on the ocean, and the waves are pounding, and hurricane force winds are pushing. Now, let me ask you a question. How difficult do you think it would be to stay on course if you were in a storm and the winds were blowing? Would it be hard? I mean, I've flown an airplane where to stay on the line. I'm literally turned sideways so that because the wind is trying to blow me off course. The world is trying to blow you off course. And God says, don't waver. Are you with me? Without wavering, let us hold fast confession of our hope. For he that, he that promised is faithful. Holding fast, those two words are equivalent in their, in their definition of enduring torture. Hold fast, endure whatever you face, even if it is torture. Let me ask you something, promiser. Will your faith endure torture? Jesus did. You say, yeah, but that's Bible times. It's all over the world today, people are being killed for their faith. 
all over the world, our brothers and sisters are being murdered every day because of their faith in Jesus. They're sent out. We have a whole community of Syrian Christians over near our North Knoxville campus that were moved because they were being exterminated in their country. See, now, we don't, they, those folks don't think about comfort. We got it easy, so we think about comfort, don't we? Come on, is anybody out there? Come here often? Does your faith, do you have the evidence that it is not going to waver when the winds try to blow you off course? When your calendar is busy or priorities change or your dreams of where you and you want your family to be in the next five or 10 years with the things that are going on in your life? Man, there are some people at every campus and people listening, some of you in the car, some of you in the computer, and you may be wondering, is there any connection to me being a part of the gathering of God and faith? Is there a connection? Are you sure that that matters? Can I just go online and do the online campus or can I just somewhere during the week download the message and, and get the content and I can grow? What does God say? Next verse. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Stimulate. We, we translate that Greek word stimulate to provoke our provocation. We should be provoking in a good way each other to love and good deeds. Are you with me? Serving Saturday, good deeds. Serving at Summer Jam, good deeds, good deeds. Man, people today are wondering, is the church, the gathering for God, necessary? Man, you can develop a faith maybe by yourself, but you can't develop love by yourself. It can only be done together. Does that make sense? Together. I love what John Wesley said, there is nothing more unchristian than a solitary Christian. Doesn't work that way. That's why two of our values, we go together and we serve others. Why we do it together. In verse 24, it says, consider, consider, think about how to stimulate one another. Consider means to look at other people as more important than you. It's hard to serve people when you feel superior to them. So does this make sense? Now, forget the Bible. Forget, I mean, forget most of the Bible. Just because some, there are people who come here and say, I'm not sure about the Bible. I'm not sure about this whole deal. Let's just take Jesus. Are you with me? Let's take Jesus, his voice. Would Jesus say that a Christ follower should serve other people? I can't hear you. Would he say serve other people? Would Jesus say that Christ followers should love and grow and help others? Would Jesus say that a Christ follower should be generous? Yes. That's a little weaker. So, so let me ask you. I love you, man. We, got, we probably have 5,000 people that are here every week if they can be here. We call them the core, and that's what God is building the ministry on here. But how can you serve others when you only come once a month? How can you love and help grow others when you get here late and you leave early. Now, there are a group of people that leave at all of our campuses during the, during the offering. They're going to serve. But many others just want to beat the crowd. Forget the last song. Forget worship. I don't need 60 minutes. 55 is good. 40 is good. Well, let's cut it down to 30. And eventually, we're forsaking the assembling of ourselves. How can, how can other people be ministered to enjoy our generosity if we got a tight fist and a closed checkbook? The Christian walk was never meant to be traveled 
alone. Why is that? Because there's temptation on the trial, on the trail. The devil is always out there trying to pull us off course, trying to get you away from the gathering, trying to get you out where he knows, the devil knows you'll come here and be strengthened. So he wants to do everything to pull you out. I can't count the people that came here, got, got, got saved, man, fell in love with Jesus. And before long, the devil started throwing the bait and pulling them away from the house of God. And I see them now and they won't even look at me in the eyes. I say, hey, 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 don't walk past me. I love you. I, I, I don't even look at you. See, that's why the world says that we judge them because they feel judged by their sin and God, not by us. There's temptation on the trail. There's persecution on the path. If we're shining light in the darkness, darkness is not going to like it. We have limited time in this lane because either Jesus is coming back or we're going to go to heaven. You know that 80% of last Christians go to church less than once a year. And most of that same group that is surveyed said they have no community with which they can ask spiritual questions. Feel like I come here often, a tender? Doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to, you can, you can get out of that rut. You, man, you, can, you don't have to feel comfortable or too religious because let me tell you, faith is not boring. There's a better way. Jesus did not die for life to be boring. And I don't know, in our barbering plan, we're in the book of Acts, man. It's anything but boring. What does God say in verse 25? Not forsaking our own assembling together is the habit of some. See, what habit? Do you have a habit of corporate worship or a habit of not showing up? But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. The church is not a place but a people. But when we meet with people, there was always be a place. So the place is not what's, what is primary. It's the people worshiping God. And we'll take care of it up for you. We got a place. It's the same place, the same service every week. Man, it's just here for you. Isn't that great? Well, we just do that for you. <clears throat> so all you do, just come be a part. Some of you have been coming here for 25 years. Thank God for you. So what am I supposed to do, Pastor? I'm new. I've been coming. Let me give you a couple of things. If, if you're ready, say I'm ready. First, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. We have a thing called next steps. Come on, Faith Promise. Next step is your... Next step, we'll help you. We'll help you meet Jesus. We'll help you in baptism and personal growth. We'll help you man, in, in, in finding your passion. So either take the communication card, sign up, or just show up. Saturday night, 615 service, just stick around. Sunday, 1145 service. Number two, don't just try to squeeze it in. Well, I'm gonna, whenever I find time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get in, involved in worship. Don't be short-sighted. It needs to be the top priority, not the bottom. Are you with me? That's a, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the habit. Some people have already got a habit of not worshiping. And so when you wane away from growing and serving and giving, there should be a red flag that soon you'll be waning away from the gathering of God and you'll be easy pickings when you're out there all by yourself. Does that make sense? Are y'all with me? And so, man, when, when you're heading off course, when things are not going good, man, there are people that come around you. So you got to be involved. You got to be in a group, man. We want to walk with you. I was deep sea fishing and, and everybody in the boat got sleepy. And my buddy, Chris, who it was his boat said, all right, preacher, can you keep the boat on course? Right here is the heading, man. I, I said, I can do it. An hour later, he woke up. 
He looks at, where are we at? I said, I'm, man, I'm, I'm just off a few degrees. He said, a few degrees, we're 50 miles off course. Well, you shouldn't have gone to sleep. <laughs> See, don't rationalize skipping his assembling. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Does this make, so we got football season and ball season and flu season. And what happens, people, then people, people start, they quit going. They say, I just got out of the habit. That's why the Bible says, as the habit of some not going. Are you with me? Come on, man. Let your habit be the ethos of God that you are faithful. Well, I'll get involved in church when things get normal. No, man, the new normal in your life is I just go, man. I go. Let's Unless I'm out of town, I go, and I'm out of town, I'm online. Does this make sense? Because see, we've got pressures from them and pressures from without, and we need each other. And how do we gain that? We gain that in the assembling together. So God wants to walk with you, and we're here to help strengthen your spiritual walk and your worship of God. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So let me, let me bring out somebody you guys know pretty well. Justin Petrowski, Justin and his mom and dad and sister uh, were here the very day that Faith Promise started. And uh, been here all alone. Let me take this chair. Been here the whole time and we're grateful. You know, Justin, uh, he grew up here. So Justin, you've been a part of church your whole life. Uh, tell, us, tell us sort of how you met Jesus and how the church has helped you grow. Well, for me, church was never really a question. I mean, you talked uh, in our family series a couple of weeks ago about how, about how, like, it'd be ridiculous for your kids to ask, are we going to church? I was that way too, you know, like, it wasn't even a question. I just went. So my parents taught me the value of going early. Like, even when I was a little kid, they would give me a quarter, even before I got an allowance, to say, here, put this in the offering, just to teach me the value of things. And so I continued to go. I became a Christian, actually, at a revival meeting when I was six. And uh, my parents and I were part of the group that started FP, like you said. Uh, one of the first things we did as a church was go through a study called Experiencing God. And that was so eye-opening for me as a young believer. It was a radical departure of anything that I've ever heard before. The fact that I could experience God and he could speak to me in a real way. And so that was, that was probably the kicking off point from probably my growth as a Christian. And uh, so we would do offerings back then and... Every once in a while, they would ask me to come play piano because I took piano lessons and studied piano and stuff like that. And so that's how Michelle found out that I could actually play piano. And the next thing I know, she's got me up playing with the student worship team. And I have this rinky-dink little keyboard. It sounded terrible, but I had a great time. Uh, and so all through my growth, the church, like you said, was provoking me in a good way. It's a good word um, to discover my purpose. So you, Michelle, your whole family, Josh, uh, my group leaders, student pastors, they've all pushed me to live out my calling. Well, I know you weren't planning on going to ministry. You had another track you were going. How, how, did the, how did the body of Christ play a part in the calling God gave you to full-time ministry? Well, when I was in college, uh, I actually studied to become a math major. And it was always my heart to keep serving in the church, kind of like my dad, you know, have a side job, have a job, and then on the side, come and volunteer at church. And then my whole trajectory changed again in between my junior and senior year of college. Uh, I was volunteering in the worship ministry, and uh, they sent me to student camp to be a group leader. And one night we were having a worship service, and I could feel the presence of God, just like a blanket hanging over me. And that's when I got my call to ministry. A couple months later, uh, Michelle calls me into her office and said, hey, I want you to be an intern in our worship ministry. And so uh, 18 years later, now here I am serving on staff. And, uh, you know, but it's not really the job 
the title that helps you fulfill your purpose. You're not any more spiritual because you have senior pastor in your title. It's just a position. And it's like going to McDonald's doesn't make me any more like a Big Mac, you know what I mean? So it's always been the people who push me and provoke me in a good way, stimulate me and my growth. And that's what you get from seeking out that real community. Awesome. Well, those are great things and, and provoking. But in the last few years, there, it's been some of the darkest days in your life, in the life of your family, losing your father, your best friend, your hero, and then your sister. How was, how was the family of God who walked alongside you in the darkest days? Well, to jump off of that, I would say the first, you know, first, I'd be the first one to admit that I've been way more blessed than, than a lot of people. And I, I had a great family. I have no idea why God chooses the family he does for some people, but I had a great family that always encouraged me on my journey. You know, you know, you always talk about how your relationship with your dad was so difficult. I had the opposite. I had a great dad. He was my mm-hmm. hero. And so we got that diagnosis that he, uh, just out of the blue, he had uh, stage four inoperable brain cancer. And then less than three months later, he was gone. And then, so that's one thing. And then the next thing I know, my sister, uh, I get a call from my brother-in-law. It was actually this New Year's Day this, this year. And that she had been in a terrible car accident. She wound up passing away. And, you know, through all that, I never lost hope. It's more difficult than words, the kind of stuff I walk through, but I still find myself being grounded. It's not anything special about me. It's the fact that I've had, in my entire life, I've had people pouring a foundation for me. You know, my upbringing, being in church, and all the people that poured in me when I was young, he taught me that God's still in control, and I can take his promises to heart, and I can still believe those things. The church was there for me. Both times, uh, you and Michelle were actually out of the country. I think one time you were in London, one time you were on vacation. You guys dropped everything to just to be there for us. Um, so when tragedy strikes, like, and, I, and I know me sitting here, I'm not the only one who's walking through this. That's right. You might think that no one really understands where you are or what you're feeling, but as part of this church, part of this body, I would encourage you that you're not alone. You don't have to be alone. And sometimes provoking each other in that way means getting into someone's life and encouraging them, loving on them when they walk through difficult circumstances. And invite someone, if you're on the other side of that, invite someone into your life to help you walk through that tragedy. It's so easy for us to keep it locked away, but you know, the people of Faith Promise have really helped me and guide my healing process. Mm. So uh, we'd like to share a song with you, like our team's gonna come back out. And uh, this is a song that our team has actually written, three of my favorite people in the whole world. Uh, we had a writer's retreat last year, and the song keeps speaking to me over and over again. And uh, worship is just yet another way, at least for me as a musician, that God has helped me heal. And so the act of us worshiping together is us declaring, again, that God's promises are true, that we can trust him even in difficult circumstances. So. And this is why the enemy wants you out of the body, because this is where in the good and the bad and the sad and the glad, we come together to worship God and to gain incredible, incredible joy and strength from each other. Let's stand and let's worship.